Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. Welcome into episode eight of Fairweather Podcast. Uh, we are spo- uh, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network uh, podcast, written work. Uh, please go check it out. There's a lot of really good stuff happening, previewing uh, teams and seasons and predictions and all sorts of written content and podcasts. Go check them out. Uh, we're also brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. But I think the biggest news, uh, friends, is Marissa is back in San Diego. What's going on, Marissa? Hello, everyone. Yay, I'm here. Yeah, people reach out and they're like, episode seven was a little bit lamer because Marissa wasn't there. So, uh, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's exactly what people said. <laughs> we're glad you're back in town. So, you want to tell people, we, if you listen to the end of the last episode, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but what were you doing, uh, last yeah. week? Yeah. Well, thanks for asking, Alan. I'm happy to be back. I missed you guys. Uh, I felt a little off last week when you, um, when I called in, but, um, I was in London. I was experiencing my first English Premier League game live. Um, the story is a little funny. Um, I'll go into it really quickly, but I um, didn't make it until the 40th minute. Uh, missed most of the goals, and the goal that I was actually in the stadium for, I was in the bathroom. So that was really fun. Um, but it was amazing. Um, I'm hooked. I want to go back. Um, was there for a week in London and did all the things, saw a bunch of my, uh, saw like three friends from America, um, did all the pubs, all the history, lots of walking. And then I got back last week, um, on Wednesday evening and, uh, it took me about three days to get adjusted back to the time zone, uh, cause it's eight hours difference. And then I went right into a conference that was four or five days long, Oof. constantly being on. <laughs> so yeah, I'm back home today and I am ready to get started in terms of the, uh, well, the podcast tonight, but the season is starts on Saturday. And so I feel it's like everything, all the timing is right. You know, like I'm going to be pumped for it. So Nice and welcome back. And the voice, Thanks. the voice you just heard after that, uh, is Chris joining us again. How are you doing, Chris? Hey, man, I'm doing good, and I'm also uh, rocking some of these uh, official scarves of the uh, the locals. So, uh, pretty stoked to have those in my possession now. When did um, you get them? Like last week, I think I saw an update on Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah, I got them last week. Uh, my girl brought them out with her um, from, you know, from Cali. And uh, so that it's pretty awesome. Of course, uh, this is the the highlight, you know. I don't know, I don't know if you saw my tweets, but over the weekend I uh, busted my face open on my dresser. And, uh, you know, let's just say it was, uh, it was a very intense weekend. Ooh. Nonetheless, I got four stitches in my nose right now. Dang. Wow. Yeah. Well, 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 we're going to talk about the other thing that happened where someone ended up kind of beat down later. We talk about Reno. Uh, but first, um, there, was, there was a scrimmage today. Um, it was kind of low-key, and it took place in Chula Vista, where the first friendly took place, I believe. Uh, and uh, Marissa was able to make it out for that. 
Uh, so Marissa, tell us uh, exactly what happened uh, and kind of your overall um, kind of vibe from uh, what went down this afternoon. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. I uh, was got there uh, right after kickoff, and there was already two goals scored. So you know, this seems to be a trend uh, where I just miss the beginning of a match and uh, miss some goals. Um, but the other team, uh, you know, that was playing, they scored one, and then they didn't score anymore after that, and loyal just kind of put a beat down on them and won 6-1. So um, that was pretty cool. Um, There was some question about the formation that they were playing in. Um, I was talking to Cesar, and shout out to Cesar if he's watching or listening. Um, We're trying to figure out what that is, um, and I think they were still experimenting with that, I guess, ahead of um, Saturday. Um, and there was two goals scored, scored by Yair and two by, um, Freddie, Freddie, is it Freddie? Francis. Francis, Francis. that's winning. Yeah. I knew the F word. <laughs> the F word. Um, oh, man. Um. It's the one you're allowed to say in the, right? Yeah. And, and we were kind of like, you know, it, it's, we're all kind of in the same position in terms of covering the team because we're all getting used to one, the league, the names of the players, the styles of the players. So it was really nice to like, you know, kind of get that feedback from also we had our friends uh, from two balls and a mic there. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. we were just chatting about, you know, the season, what we're looking forward to, how, you know, the entire community is going to be looking forward to this, um, this match and how it's going to turn out and what the vibe is going to be like. Um, and I think there was, I mean, there was an injury before I got there, but that was from on the other team. And I don't remember what his name was. Um, but so hopefully he's okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty well. I mean, there was, there was another team there too, like a a youth team or something. They were like watching them. So it's kind of cool, like a younger team. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool to see it wasn't just us, you know, just members of the media and the team. Um, and there was a, a young kid, and I don't know if you guys saw my Twitter, mm-hmm. um, but he shares a birthday with Landon. So he got to, like, sit down with Landon after the match and, like, talk about hanging out, you know, like, the the match and, like, all his par- his parents were, like, all hyped about it and, like, you know, just having a chat with, like, the coach of Loyal and mm-hmm. Um, it really kind of like in it was indicative of kind of what they've been doing this whole time, like leading up to the season about building the community, you know, doing the really being trusting of the San Diego soccer community, but also, you know, those relationships are really valuable. And um, I think it's like classic, uh, the stories you hear about in the soccer community. So it's nice. Um, looking forward to the season starting. And that's kind of my experience with Landon Donovan through the Soccer City campaign was when he would go to events, uh, he was just always willing to just, like talk to you. And when you talk to him, it doesn't feel like, yeah, I'm going to talk to you because you're a supporter. Or I'm going to talk to you because this is the right thing to do. It's like he feels very engaged with you and really makes mm-hmm. you feel like he wants to talk to you when you're talking to him. And uh, that picture, I, I, as soon as I saw it, I, it was a huge smile because it's like you can tell that uh, mm-hmm. that kid is just loving every minute of it and 
Uh, and I think Landon Donovan's loving every minute of it too. I think that's he, the way he talks about the players, the way he talks about the supporters, the way he talks about the community. He just wants to build mm-hmm. something great and make it meaningful for everyone involved. Right, exactly. And uh, I mean, you and I, and you know, all basically everyone who's like existing as a fan right now have kind of been involved in the community, you know, over the years, you know, since I guess the beginning of, you know, like uh, the Soccer City campaign, at least being a little bit more involved. And now we get to take it to the next level and like really expose it to like our connections, the people that we, you know, that we hang out with outside of the soccer community. So that's what I'm looking forward to because I feel that, that that's what will bring more people in, you know, because we're we're committed pretty much right now, you know. Now you got uh, you and the the other media folks got a chance to talk to some of the players and some of the coaches. Um, we do have some audio from uh, Landon Donovan's interview. Uh, there is some wind and some plane noise, so I'll warn you ahead of time. Um, if you have to adjust your uh, your volumes a little bit, uh, I'm warning you ahead of time to put your hand on the knob just in case. Um, so uh, we're going to listen to uh, the interview with uh, Landon Donovan. You'll hear a couple questions, one from uh, Marissa that she posted earlier on the, on the Twitter machines. Um, and then, uh, Marissa, after the audio, if there's anything you want to add from some of those player interviews, uh, we're super curious to see kind of the vibe from the players at this point leading up to that first match. So here is uh, Coach Landon. Donovan. Played uh, pretty poorly for 45 minutes and then very well for 45 minutes. So sometimes these days are tough when you have the big prize at the end of the weekend, which is the game on Saturday at Torero, our opening game, and you have to be out here pushing yourself on a Wednesday. So the effort was pretty good for the most part, but we got what we wanted out of it. That was the most important thing. So you got on the guys a little bit at halftime, said you wanted more. Did you see a better effort in the second half? Yeah, I, I think as a professional athlete, you're paid to do this, right? And so you need to show up every day and do your job, just like in any job in the world. So they were a little slow coming out of the gates, but their response was very good, and in the end, they did well. Excitement level to get it going on Saturday night. Yeah, we're excited. I think containing it a little bit until Saturday hits, and then we're ready to fly. So we've had a very good preseason. Couldn't ask for more up to this point, to be honest. And now we, we need to reward ourselves on Saturday with a really good performance and reward the fans of San Diego who are coming out to support us. What comes to mind when you think of the strengths of your side heading into Saturday's match? Depth, experience. Um, we have quite a bit of quality in the attacking end of the field and quite a bit of quality throughout the rest of the field. So. Our, our challenge will be making sure we bring it every time we play. And if we do, we're going to be competitive and we'll be in every game we play. Now, if we don't, uh, teams are good in this league and they'll beat us. But if we show up every day with the right effort and mentality, there's no reason we can't compete. Uh, what is one thing in your early managerial career right now that you're going to look to instill to every single player. Obviously, you've worked with a lot of great managers in the past. What's one thing that you want your stamp to be on these players? I want them to continue getting better. I think there's, in professional soccer, there is a propensity to worry about every Saturday and getting the result at all costs. And I'm 
trying to see a bigger picture with these guys. A lot of young, a lot of young men who actually need help getting better and need to be taught things. And I think we probably assume too much, and we need to remember that there's some things they just haven't been taught or haven't worked on enough yet. And we want to help them become better players. We think that will ultimately lead to them being better on, on Saturdays as well. There's only one thing I want for my birthday, and that's a really good performance on Saturday. We can't control the results, but I think if we have a good performance, then the result will take care of itself. Uh, have you oh, have you decided what you're wearing? What I'm like, wearing? Are you going to wear like a suit or cash? <laughs> like, I've not taxes. officially yeah. decided what I'm no. wearing. Okay. Um, if you know me, I have zero style. So I wouldn't say that. Hopefully, my wife helps me a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so I look put together. We'll check it out. <laughs> so that was Landon Donovan's interview. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Darren and Jordan are in, most interested in Marissa's question there at the end, uh, but some good stuff. Um, Marissa, what was your um, overall takeaways from the rest of your interviews? Yeah, I mean, we talked to a few. Um, Eric Avila and Emra Clementa, and um, they were they were anxious. I think they've been, you know, Eric definitely said something about, you know, it's it's hard to work with Landon, not necessarily in terms of intimidation, but that he, you know, there's expectations. There's a lot of, um, you know, not necessarily pressure, but like they're really, you know telling them how important this is to San Diego, but, you know, making sure that they're putting on good performance and, and doing really well in the game. Um, and they just seem very anxious and excited at the same time to like actually play a game that matters, you know, not like, I mean, they've done really well in preseason. Um, but, and I also talked to Carrie a little bit, you know, not, I didn't record it, but, yeah, she was like, you know, kind of expressing the same thing that we're all kind of feeling in terms of fans and um, fans and and club and team and players and, you know, basically everyone involved is like, we're just ready to like hear that first whistle. So it's exciting. <laughs> we're in that, we're in that home stretch right now. Uh, Chris, anything? So I had a question yeah. for you. Yeah, I had a question for you because when I was listening to that, you know, he was saying that, you know, they came out slow out of the gates, you know, obviously in the first half, and then they had a talking to, and and you were saying that they won 6-1. So um, did, where, what was, what was the score as of the first half? 2-1. Okay. Yeah. So obviously he felt that they should have, you know, they should have like had more dominance in this game or they should have mm -hmm. showed more energy. And so chances are they were kind of playing down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, I think it was towards the, and I guess what, the, end, the end of the first half that like those two, like it was one, one when I, when I got there and then, um, then they scored one, I believe right before the half. I don't remember the actual, actually I have, the numbers. Hold on one second. Uh, let me just make sure. Oh no, I don't. I just have the the num this the who score. So 14-22, 14-21, 16 and twenty one. So 
Uh, I don't, I mean, those are the, the numbers, the Jersey numbers, cause we didn't have like any player cards or anything. So it's a little, we're like, okay, right. like learning the numbers still. And like, <laughs> even kind of all of us were kind of like, okay, who's that? Like, oh well, yeah. Like we're still learning all of that, but yeah, it was, it definitely, I saw more, I saw four goals on my side and I was like sitting on like the, you know, the loyal goal, the loyal side, like on that, that second half. Um, so I saw them more on my side. Um, so yeah, definitely the intensity was there. Um, but it could have just been from my vantage point at that when I first was there when they were I guess, pressing out. Go ahead. I guess the reason I wondered that is because, um, you know, I wonder like, are the players a full, are they match fit for full 90 or are they kind of, coming out oh. and kind of conser- conserving you know a bit of their energy like what, what what would lead up to the fact of them coming slow out of the gates like that because some of the teams that they will play um, early on in the season um, will come out of the gates like fired up and right. you know then that sort of talk that Landon's having in this match is going to become something that he's having more often so from his from right. his from his quote it seemed like the guys would come out like they came out really hot against Reno. We'll talk about that next. Um but maybe they just were like, Yeah, we're it's a scrimmage, we're not gonna come out and play to, you know, a hundred percent. We're gonna kinda mail it in and you know, we're focused on Saturday. It's like and it seemed like, Hey guys, we can't focus on Saturday, we gotta play the same way every day. Um and kind of encourage them to to, you know, put the pedal to the metal if you will. Um, that's the way it seemed like uh, from the quotes and from some of the other uh, stuff that came out from the match today um, from some of the other sources. Uh, I know two balls, one mic are going to put out like a video, some video content. So take, uh, okay. keep an eye on that. Um, based on what we saw in Reno, I don't know if that's going to be an issue. Um, it might've just been an issue today. It's Wednesday afternoon. Maybe they're like, you know, normally it's like nap time or break time. So um, man, Marissa, Anything yeah, up? no. I, I was just gonna say hi to Jerry. He just popped on and he said, "What did I miss?" I said, "You're gonna have to go back, Jerry." Right. Yo, what up, Jerry? Right, right. And also, I believe, um, well, two two balls in a mic is here. I just don't know which one is here. I don't know <laughs> if they're both here, but shout out to them. At least one ball's here, right? It's it's, <laughs> it's like those uh, Facebook profiles where it's like to the, the married couple but it's like one pr- profile for both of them so you're like i'm not sure if i'm talking to the right person here right <laughs> so uh, so let's talk about what happened this past weekend um you know we had a scrimmage today but saturday uh they played against what up tony uh they played against um reno 1868 and going into it we thought this would be a good measuring stick for where they were and it seems like the general conversation is, is San Diego this good? Is, uh, or is Reno this that bad? Or a combination of the both? Um, so it was kind of an interesting reaction to see, like, people thought Reno played worse than Reno might usually play. Uh, and San Diego looked really good. Like, I had some people reaching out, was like, hey, I had San Diego's a play-in team, but now I have them, like, you know, fighting for a, a legit playoff spot. Um I don't know if you guys uh, saw any clips, saw any highlights. Um, uh, Chris, what, what what would your general reaction be knowing the history of Reno being like the highest scoring team in the, over the past three years in, in the USL? 
uh, for San Diego to get a leg up on them like that, um, that kind of shows like early season tremors that they could ultimately be one of those hot expansion teams um, to kind of push the ball forward. I mean, a lot of the talk now with San Diego early on is that they might be able to have sort of a breakout year, kind of like New Mexico did, um, or maybe even something like like Austin Bold. I mean, you know, if you think about it, like they had a breakout year. They didn't have as much press about it, but, you know, one of their biggest things was like pulling a win out against Phoenix on the road or in their own home stadium earlier on in the season. So, um, yeah, they're definitely – Things like this will help him uh, get into that discussion and kind of sit at the table a little bit longer. And Marissa, did you see anything, uh, coverage, highlights? No, I didn't. I saw they won. So, that's so it. Uh, I, <laughs> I want to echo the two guys from Unnamed Soccer Podcast. If you haven't, like, just look up the Charlie Adams free kick goal. It was amazing. Like, I didn't believe it happened when I saw it because usually it's like those usually go high, they go wide, but oh my goodness, it was a thing of absolute beauty. I mean, you got a beer was included, so that was that was nice. Um, Stone was hooking it up for the the watch party, uh, which was really well attended, which is also a great sign. The atmosphere was even great at Stone; it was fantastic. Uh, but that banger of a goal, oh my goodness, like. Minutes after Avila did this, essentially the same thing from the run of play. It was like, holy cow, we're going to score like 20 goals. Like, Reno sucks. It was like the the atmosphere was really buzzing, um, and they played really well that first 30 minutes. Um, some things that are all, uh, a little bit problematic, uh, two goals allowed, uh, although one of them on a penalty. Um, I thought it was a little bit soft. It's hard to tell sometimes with the USL broadcast, especially the preseason they weren't running too many replays, so it's kind of hard to see exactly what happened. Um, but, you know, whatever. Uh, penalties happen. Sometimes they're soft. Sometimes they're legit. Um, and the goal that they got from the run of play, Fenlinson makes a, a great save on a ball, and then um, Corey Herzog just pounces on it, as Corey Herzog will do from Reno in 1868. I think he scored like 19 goals last season. Uh, and he's one of those one-touch guys, clean up the mess, so it wasn't surprising to see him get there. Uh, I think he beat um, Joe Greenspan to the ball. And uh, in a foot race, I mean, I would probably put my money on a forward in the USL over a center back in the USL uh, for the most part. Um, and it was just kind of one of those things. He puts the, the save out, um, and it just happens to bounce pretty much right to Corey Herzog, who just puts in an open goal. Um, you know, we're, we're, Loyal probably aren't going to keep a lot of clean sheets this year, I don't think. Um, they're going to let in some goals because um, they play pretty attacking and they throw a lot of guys forward. So we're going to, it's not like we're going to see one nil matches. So um, to let in two might be kind of disappointing. One of them on a penalty. So if that doesn't get called, you know, it's probably a four, one match. Uh, I will take that every day of the week, you know, letting one goal in, in the West uh, will get you some pretty good points. Um, especially with the uh, loyal's ability to, to, to bang them in apparently. Um, any other takeaways from the 1868 match? Nope, Hearing none. Nope. Um, there's a lot of good content out there kind of recapping it. So if you haven't seen it um, or haven't read about it or uh, caught a clip of some of those goals, uh, check them out. 
Um, the watch party was pretty cool. So if you are uh, thinking about doing uh, going to a watch party, I encourage it. Uh, talk to one of the stone reps, and they're kind of setting up that Liberty Station to be uh, a little bit different than a normal kind of beer bar stone restaurant is. Uh, they're talking about like installing a couple TVs in the place. Uh, so there can be some watch party at the bar, um, or in that back room where they had it. Um, I'm not sure if they're planning every away game as a watch party, maybe the big ones. Um, but, uh, it was awesome. They had some swag out. They're giving some stuff away. Uh, the room was packed. It was buzzing. Uh, so I keep an eye out for those watch parties. Uh, it's a good chance to get together with friends when, uh, the team's out of town. Um, so, uh, yeah, watch parties are always fun. That one yeah, was particularly good. Warren mentioned that um, when we talked to him today about, or maybe it was, no, it was Andrew, I think, where he said that, like, he wasn't able to go, but he saw pictures, and he was kind of, like, really excited. But one, it was a preseason match away, but then there was, like, this whole community coming together um, at Stone and, like, representative of, like, what's to come at Torero, so... Right, a, wa- a watch party for a road preseason friendly, and right. the room was crowded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, right. any, anything you want to add to that before we move on? I know it's preseason, so. Uh, no, I, there's nothing more I would add to it other than just, I mean, obviously go, go and support your, your, local, your local establishments that are showing the matches when they're away. You know, uh, you know. Right now, they got this one. I I can imagine that the locals will uh, will kind of start to franchise out a little bit as far as the different spots up and down the uh, the coast that are showing the game, just to kind of you know kind of spread their their wings a little bit. It seems like what a good amount of supporters groups are doing. I mean, out in New Mexico, that's what the curse is doing. They've got you know probably a bar in every city, pretty much up and down the state. So, yeah, I, I foresee kind of like maybe like a, a North County a in the city a south bay like three or four different locations you know maybe like east county like poway um uh maybe a couple different like actual like club sponsored locations and then there's always you know talk to your local bar it's on espn plus uh we've did we did some stuff in orange county where we literally bought a computer and an hdmi cable and hooked it up and and watched a a game at a bar together um so it's it's super easy um you know, it's like your Premier League where every kind of area has their, their bar to watch or their, you know, the La Liga or uh, those ones. You can kind of make it your own. If you can't get to one that's close, start your own watch party. Um, moving on, we have a game this Saturday, apparently. I mean, I don't know if you've heard. Like, that's the rumor. Uh, against uh, Las Vegas Lights. Um First off, uh, before we get kind of into the game, what we might expect, the team, uh, the loyal, the locals and the electric company, who the supporters group in Las Vegas, just dropped some news a couple days ago uh, yesterday about a supporters kind of shield, if you will, between the two teams um, to celebrate the inaugural season and to uh, highlight the legends that are going to be on the sideline and Eric Winalda and, of course, Lana Donovan. Uh, so check that out. It's kind of fun. This is what USL is about, uh, this kind of fan engagement. Uh, fan rivalry. I like it because it's positive banter as opposed to uh, the poop show that Twitter can turn into sometimes. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, check it out. Um, 
But Las Vegas, what are we expecting to see this weekend, uh, either from them or um, from the loyal on the pitch? I mean, honestly, like just looking at, you know, some of the stuff that was written about Las Vegas and shout out to Carson Merck, who's uh, a local Vegas writer covering the lights. Um, I mean, for the most part, you, you read that they offloaded their whole team um, after the 2019 season. Uh, they did go after some choice players um, and just kind of reading up about some of their players. I mean, I don't really know if there's a whole lot that we can expect from the lights. This isn't the same light squad that they had last year, obviously since, you know, uh, uh, local or sorry, since the loyal have uh, para and, uh, you know, and of course, you know, a lot of those, those players are gone now. So, you know, from what I remember about how the lights played, it's obviously not the same lights team. That team was very, they uh, they ravaged the pitch. They were a very fast pace squad, you know, played a lot of balls, you know, through the air, you know, had a very loose press, just kind of banked on um, the back line, kind of fumbling the ball. But again, not really seeing much out of this new light squad to kind of know what their run up run a play is like um and of course not really seeing a whole lot of um experience or maybe like you know scoring success from what their additions are so uh and i could be wrong i mean they could have a breakout first game and then all of a sudden it's like you know this this new thing but i don't i don't know if this is going to be a very high scoring match to be honest with you yeah they don't uh a lot of the news that's coming out, they have a, a really good keeper in the back. Uh, top 10 for saves, top 10 clean sheets last year. Uh, his name's Thomas Olsen. Uh, he'll be the guy in the back, uh, trying to corral the back. Uh, they signed Ramon uh, Martin Del Campo. It was kind of their big offseason acquisition, and he was a central defender from uh, Fresno FC. Um, they seem very backline heavy. Uh, there's some definite question marks of where their goals are coming from. Um, you know, uh, there's a great analog. Uh, you mentioned Carson Merck's analysis, a lot of solid defenders and quality goalkeepers, a lot of proven or aren't a lot of proven goal scoring options. Uh, they should allow less pressure and reliance on Thomas Olsen. So they're looking at re- fixing their back line and maybe they'll go after some mid season signings. Um, they said the club relied on uh, too much on goals from set pieces and struggled to put shots on frame for the run of play last season. Um, so they're going to focus on the back and try to grind out maybe East coast style, grind out some wins, one nil, you know, zero, zero draws. They were not great on the road last year. Uh, they were tough to play at home, but not great on the road. Uh, so I'm not sure what to expect from Las Vegas either. Um, it might be them just sitting back in like a four, four, two and absorbing pressure, uh, which might be interesting to see against a loyal side that likes to press high. So it'll be. They might have to work on the ball a little bit. But I think that's um, something they can do. Um, Marissa, what do you think you're going to see uh, from either, one of the, either Vegas or Loyal this Saturday? What do you think they're going to try and do on the pitch? Um, I don't know. I think, okay, I think there's going to be, there's been a lot of banter back and forth between like the coaches, I believe, or they set that bar a long time ago. So I think there's going to be, there might be some chippiness. Mm. Um, I think the, 
it would be amazing for like a, a lights team to come in and play SD Loyal playing their inaugural match and actually like win. And I mean, it would be amazing for them, not amazing for us, but <laughs> they want to be the spoilers. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's going to like kind of determine their vibe on, on the pitch. Um, I haven't been able to watch them, so I don't know their talent level. Uh, but I think the excitement from the locals and like, you know, it being the inaugural match, like I feel like it'll be, there'll be a lot of nervous, you know, anxiousness from the players. So that might, you know, factor into how they play, but hopefully the intensity levels are going to be up there and, and they know how important it is to this community um, to win. Yeah. Obviously. So um, I definitely think we're going to see um, some early goals and maybe it'll calm down like after maybe the first 20 minutes. So we'll see. Um, but one thing I forgot to mention when I was in uh, London, I was at the store the day before or two days before and, and someone asked me like, so what do you think for this match? I said three, two. And they were like, surprise, that's a lot of goals. And I was like, well, you never know. And the ending score was three two, so I think I have a good track record right now. So, <laughs> well, um, are we giving our score predictions right now, or um, we can? Um, I just want to highlight if you are watching for which direction the game's going to go. I think this game is kind of uh, depends on how well Loyal's midfield plays. I think if they can put that high pressure, uh, control the ball, uh, and get some good players running in and around. Uh, I think you're going to see a really positive result for Loyal. Um, I think if uh, the, um, Vegas's midfielders can put something together to keep the ball from crossing half the halfway line, uh, they might uh, be able to keep Loyal from putting that pressure onto the back. Uh, but once you get to that back line, it's really going to be what is the midfield going to do to the uh, defenders on the high press um, as well as some of their midfielders as well. So... The more we play on their half of the pitch, the better. Um, although, be careful of that counterattack. They do have some speedy guys. Um, so I think the middle of that park is going to be the big thing uh, to look out for. Um, Marissa, you said you're hot. You're on the hot streak of... Um, now, do you... Well, I'm one for one. One so. for one? I mean, that's 100%. So yeah. <laughs> are, are you willing to mess that up to take make a score prediction yeah. right now? Go for it's it. It's the inaugural match. Yeah. Um... Okay, I'm going to go for it again. Three, two, loyal. Oh, all right. Don't, don't do it. You don't <laughs> like to see it. Chris, what do you think? You know, I'm going to say I, I think that loyal needs to definitely uh, boost, boost defense in this one. Um, just get the points early and just constrict the rest of the match. I'm going to say 1-0. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to split the difference. I think I'm going to go 2-1. Um, I, I, um, I think we can put some couple goals in, and I think we need I, I think we need to work on getting a couple goals in against a, um, probably a bottom half Western Conference team. Uh, and then I think um, maybe late in the match um, on a – off of a corner kick, they get a lucky breakout and uh, manage to pull one back late. Uh, but I do think we go up early. 
uh, or earlier and then um, kind of defend to the end of the um, match. Uh, Alex Westry, Alex underscore Westry on, on the Twitter machines. Um, he was said he's very excited uh, and started and seeing what the starting 11 was. And I asked him who he thought it would be. Um, so he, his thoughts were Fenlinson and goal, Zizzo, Greenspan, Metcalf on the back three, uh, Vila, Moshabane, Mendiola, Yair, Martin in the midfield, Atoweni and Para up top. Um, any of you guys want to take a stab at the first starting 11? Um, I tried to think about it. It's hard, uh, especially not knowing who that starting 11 might be, um, and kind of who's, who's in form and who's not. Uh, it's a, t- it's a tough, cause who do you leave out? Uh, anyone has want to take a chance, uh, uh, starting 11, uh, shot I'll at let it? You do that, Chris. You can, that's your wheelhouse. Oh man. <laughs> okay. Um, or if Jerry or Tony want to post a comment on, on the YouTube who they yeah. think the, the starting I, I, 11 is. I'd love to see Jerry's comment on the starting 11 while yeah. I gather my, my, my thoughts here for a minute. Um, um, yeah, I don't think I don't think Alex is that far off. Um, I probably would have gone with uh, Martin on the back line and moved Metcalf in the midfield, uh, like during the friendly. Um, Atuani's been playing really, really well, so he might get that nod. Um, yeah, he might get that nod because he he does have the most goals scored in preseason. Um, but you know, between Lawal um, and and Para, you're looking at guys who uh, who are you know, known, uh, goal scorers. Um, so I'm thinking, um, choose Lawal Para for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, Lawal and Paula, Jerry's not even going to try. I think maybe Lawal Paula Jerry, and Para, um, Atsuweni, I think is a, would be a really great, like 75th minute substitute, um, taking over for one of the guys in the front line. Cause it's like, those two guys are going to run that back line ragged and then Atsuani is going to come on and just be that spark like he was against Reno where he beat two defenders off the dribble and low shot to score. Like, I think that's where he's going to be. Um, I can't disagree so too much with, with the midfield. Um, you know, uh, I didn't see Martin start in the preseason match at home, uh, but you know, you got Avila who played really well. Um, uh, Alvarez looked really good in Reno as well, uh, but I think that back line of Martin, Greenspan, and Zizzo starts, um, although Stoneman's getting some good looks, uh, Martin gives you that kind of offensive-defensive guy uh, that we've been seeing in that attacking back three. Um, so I, I think, and then Metcalf moving up to that midfield uh, gives you that really nice uh, option to cover into a back four if you need to. Uh, the same thing, uh, a Metcalf, I mean, Martin, Sorry, Martin also gives you that option. Um, not Martin, sorry. Yeah, Elijah Martin. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Elijah Martin uh, played midfield on the road, um, and he kind of rotated back into like a back four, and that gives you that option to go five of the back if you need to uh, with those side midfielders, Metcalf and Elijah Martin. But this is a really good lineup. Um, I give him props for putting that out there. Um so, yeah, Jerry says Martin, Greenspan, Zizzo. Uh, I think that's a really solid back line. Um, I don't know if that's your uh, your best 11. Uh, I, you know, Stoneman's been playing really well, but I think for that first home match, you got to have Zizzo out there. You got to have the homegrown boy out there playing. Um, and um, I think I that's your starting back line. Yeah. Um, Chris, you're throwing Clemente out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm throwing yeah. Clemente out there. 
instead of uh, Martin or Zizzo? Um, no, no, keep Zizzo out there, but I think that uh, I think I'd throw Clint out there instead of Martin. Personally, all right, and maybe you're talking about maybe movement Martin to the uh, to the midfield, uh, kind of like how we did on the road against Reno. We have that kind of defensive mid um, that he can rotate around, or you leaving leaving uh, Martin on the bench. No, I mean you can rotate him around. I just think you know definitely uh, do your do some research. I mean, like this is for the listeners, definitely do some research on uh, on Clementa. Definitely read some USL Championship. Yeah, he's um, good. He's good. Um, about that guy because he's definitely lethal. Jerry yeah. Jerry did ask him all night hurt or what? Um, I inquired, uh, and what I've been told is uh, Amal Knight has the skills that is required for a starting goalkeeper. Uh, he just needs a little bit of, uh, a little bit more, um, I don't want to say work. Uh, I use the term a little bit more time in the oven. Um, and I think that uh, that might be something where you see him getting a few starts over the course of the season to like ease him into the USL. Uh, Cause I think this is his first year in the USL. Uh, what's up? Uh, and what's up? Matthew? Uh, so I think we see Amal Knight uh, maybe in a an open cup situation uh, later down the road, uh, but from what I've been from what I've gathered is um, that it's not an injury. Um, I think it's uh, we're we're working him out. We're getting him acquainted uh, with stuff, uh, getting him kind of trained up a little bit to make sure he's USL Championship level ready. Uh, so I don't. I, I think you see him, but for right now. Uh, Fenlinson is going to be your starting keeper, um, either until, uh, you know, a, a new signing or an injury or something where, um, we are looking at not having Jake Fenlinson on the, on the pitch, but he's your starting goalkeeper for right now. Uh, and I say for right now, he could be the starting goalkeeper for the whole season, but, um, I'm all night look good, but maybe just not, um, Firing all cylinders, ready for USL Championship, and then it's always let's see how Jake does, and then you know maybe we look at uh, a midseason uh, signing or something where you bring in somebody midseason, uh, like Ala Orange County did with Frederick Dew, bringing him in from Hartford last year, and it kind of turned their season around. Um, so yeah, Jerry, right now it looks like Jake Fenlinson. It's not because of an injury, just to kind of game prep and fitness and uh, match ready. So I have a question for those watching because we gave our score predictions. Afmir, Jerry, uh, Tony, and whoever else is watching, what are your score predictions? Put them in the comments and we'll maybe be able to get to them if you type fast enough. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, then... I'd love to see those. Right? Um, And then... Are you taking a picture, Chris? Yeah, I was had to take a picture of my setup. It looks so sweet. <laughs> uh, nice. Afmir says three one San Diego loyal. I think that's a pretty good shout. Um, you're agreeing with Marissa on how many we score, and then saying our defense is probably better than Las Vegas's offense, uh, which I I think at this point is probably a, a pretty good shout um, as far as where the teams are. Las Vegas is predicted to be, according to Vegas. Uh, right around middle of the pack, uh, but I think if you ask a lot of people, there's not a huge a lot of expectation around Vegas, um, and hopefully they only wear uh, one kit 
at this game as opposed to the 17 they're coming out with. Uh, Jerry's going with a 2-0, going for an opening clean sheet. Um, I think they definitely have it in them. Like it, Jerry. Like yeah, it. yeah. Red cards for Vegas kits. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, that just happened man, with Jordan posted a picture of like our side by side loyal versus <laughs> Vegas kits and uh yeah not even close yeah um, I wasn't have we not talked about that once in this show <sighs> I've been trying to avoid it um yeah it's they like a bunch of candy. I don't dislike the idea of having multiple kits especially if they're like fan created there's a charity element like I get it. But it's also like it's created by a sixteen-year-old, right? What's that? Their their home kits were created by a sixteen-year-old. It looks like their home uh. kits were created by a sixteen-year-old. Um, and I, I think that's the problem is I've never really been a huge fan of the product of their kit, like the idea behind, like, hey, we're gonna have some some kits, we're gonna have different ones, we're gonna raise some money for charity, we're gonna have fans design them, cool. But then in practice, um, they they just don't look great i mean it's like yeah it's, like, it's better than a white t-shirt i guess like cincinnati last year but like it's a little too too weird like i like weird kits but it's a little too much for me I so it reminds me of them. the candy spree yes <laughs> spree candy yeah uh, or like pop rocks Vegas yeah, is like a bunch of, like a, a bunch of blends. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's Vegas is gonna Vegas. Like we're just gonna have yeah. to get used to it. It's their shtick. Um, oh it, yeah, they're doing that night match too. Yeah, the eleven p.m. against Orange County. Um, <laughs> yeah, the fireworks at midnight. Like Aren't I guess there's. <sighs> I think that would be kind of cool. I don't know if I, you know, as a player, that would be not very interesting to play that late at night. I mean, I don't know how often they're conditioned for that, but I think from a fan's perspective, it's past my bedtime. Yeah, true. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I, I think there's like some historic, like Las Vegas historical connection to a previous team who used to do like a midnight game. So it's like, again, it's like the idea behind it is like, all right, fair, but, uh, it does ugh, staying up to like one in the morning to watch, a soccer. I'm just. Gonna, I might not even watch that live. I'm gonna have to watch that the next morning and just pretend I saw it live. Um, and then, as far as like uh, the other benefit is, they have some kids from Rangers in the Scottish Premier League who are loaned out to them. So it might be nice well, right. for some of those Scottish fans to be able to watch uh, Orange County play to watch their kids from their academy play. So I mean, there might be some ancillary benefits, but. If San Diego Loyal was like, we're doing a midnight match, I'd be like, no, we're not. I'm out of here. This is I'm not showing up to that. You're on your own. You're on your own. I need I need my beauty sleep. I mean, I don't get in enough as it is, you can tell. Like this is I'm I'm not working with a whole lot here. So You you woke up that way, right? I did wake up this way, but not the good way, not the Beyonce way or whatever. Um Eliminating. That shirt looks Oof. like a Beyonce way. Oh, I love this shirt. This is my this is swag. Is I that wore a cat? Sure? It's like a thing. I don't know if it's a cat. It's like a animal. Uh, this is great or podcast like by the way. I did. This is my this is my name release shirt, and I I can't say that I didn't nail the colors. It's like the orange and the different shades of orange and greens, and I was like I didn't even know, and I almost match. Um, 
So if you're listening to the podcast, if you're listening to the podcast, go to like the 48th minute of the YouTube and you can check it out or just watch from the beginning. I'm wearing the same shirt there too. Um, any, any, in the middle. I mean, Hey, if we're talking about Beyonce, I need to have three, three outfits for every episode. Now I think that's the challenge. I'll just like make these, uh, costume changes in the middle. Um, any season predictions? Where do we think, uh, loyal end up at the end of the season? Uh, Chris, where do you uh, think that loyal are going to be? I think the loyal. I think loyal ends up. Gosh, I'm going to have to say I, I think that they end up like seventh at the table. All right, so that's a uh, for those who don't wear playoffs. Uh, seven through ten are a playoff uh, play in game. Seven and eight host, so that would be hosting a play in match. Uh, and then the lowest surviving seed would play the first seed uh, from the West, um, which most people would say is Phoenix. Um, but so seven would be the highest play in uh, seed. Yeah. And the reason why I'm going to say that is just really because, you know, this is the first squad and I don't know if they have everything they need to be able to get a higher seed, I think. Seven is very complimentary of a first-year squad. Um, and I don't know that during the middle of the season that they're going to decide to pick up pieces and kind of freshen their roster up the way that El Paso did last year. So, I mean, really, like, seven, because I don't know how their, fr- how their technical staff is going to play that. Marissa, what do you got for us? Um... I'm going to, I like, I don't know, for the, the some reason, the number five keeps popping up to me. So we'll see. That might change, though. It's hard to say when mm-hmm. I haven't seen like a real match. <laughs> like, um, it's all season. So, so I'm going to be consistent. Um, I heard Herzog once in from the Gossip Mill. Probably. Um, Wants to be part of an exciting attack again. Um, I'm going to be... I'm currently working on an article on BGN where I do make three wild predictions and three realistic ones. So I'm going to be consistent with my realistic prediction and give you a preview. Uh, I'm going to say sixth place. Um, I think they're good enough to avoid the play-in round. Um, I think it's going to be tough to break into the top four for sure. Um, Orange County's retooled. Phoenix signed everybody like ever uh and then a couple more players um i think reno's always going to be a tough uh, a tough match um who else is there el paso um el paso will be interesting to see if they can score as many goals as they did last year uh, but they're going to be solid team sacramento is like if if you want a good idea of kind of a consistently good performing usl side um on Sunday after the match, go rewatch Sacramento's game. Uh, they're always pretty solid um, as far as uh, fan engagement and, and play on the field. So there's like a lot of really good established West teams. Uh, and then you throw in New Mexico in the mix as well. And they've kind of, I think they're going to improve. So it's going to be a dogfight. And it's going to be kind of, if they don't get sixth, I'm not going to be super surprised. But I think sixth is the target. Um, uh, six is a target for uh, the loyal. Uh, Afmir asked, how do you think we will rank with attendance? Uh, attendance is kind of a huge run of the gamut. Like I think New Mexico is averaging like 12,000 fans. 
uh, and they're in a baseball stadium. And then you got Los Los Dos, thirteen thousand. Yeah, Los Dos is like eight hundred. Um, I think we're above average. I think the average is around twenty five to twenty six hundred a match. Um, I don't see us getting m- much less than that. Um, I know that the stadium holds what five six thousand. There's some extra seats that they threw in that always count. Um, but I, I think we're above league average uh, for attendance. Um, I'm not expecting 13,000 because that would be impossible. Um, Phoenix sells out around six, I believe, uh, maybe six and a half. Uh, so for somewhere around three to four, as far as attendance, three to 4,000, I think um, people will be pretty happy. Um, I think that's probably where we're going to uh, end up, just based on the size of the stadium. Um and it also depends on how well they play. Like if they, um, if they play well, I think that number starts going up. Um, and I think they're gonna attract. You can you can get some sellouts. Um, but I think just on an average game, average team, um, I think fans realistically, if we get three thousand to thirty five hundred, that's a really good number in the USL right now. Um, and if any more than that, I think we'd be excited. What do you guys think? What do you what is uh. What do you think our attendance numbers are going to look like? I think you guys get about. I think you guys get about. Oh uh, gosh, I'd say 80 percent, like capacity in a stadium. I mean, I think you could sell it out. It's really just going to obviously, like you said, Alan, it's going to depend on on the success of the team. I mean, yeah. there are so many things local. That are vying for competition. I thought about this earlier today. I mean, baseball season, tw- the 2020 baseball season seems like it may be a real competition with soccer just because of, you know, things that have happened in the league with the Astros and then as well as, you know, uh, Padre is going with that new Brown, that new Brown yeah. uh, uni. I think that, you know, baseball is definitely going to kind of play a, a factor in some way. And it's a long season, so I think it's it's going to be, like, if they don't win early and often, like, it's going to be tough to reel people back in, especially when you're in the thick of summer for, with Padres. And, mm-hmm. like, I think the, 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 friend, the people that enjoy events, and this, I think, what is what Andrew said earlier today, like, invite people like it's not just a soccer match like mm-hmm. he's really proud of like what what's gonna be happening but it's like an event right so it's not necessarily for only soccer people but if you're not winning it's not gonna be f- really fun like for someone who might be checking out like a fringe event like on the weekend kind of like um, maybe like the the seals like lacrosse game right and they actually play the same night so I kind of feel like it's, you know, it might be difficult to reel those people in that have already understood, okay, I'm going to go to the SEALs game or I'm going to go to the baseball game to go to an event on a Saturday night. Like, you got to tap into, like, a new crowd. So bring your friends and invite them and expose them to this whole in the whole world of soccer and the, and the game, and I think it'll be really fun. Yeah, for sure. I wanted, wanted to speak to even Athmir's comment here saying that Oakland roots sold out every game. Um, I was, when I was doing a lot of research on Sacramento, I mean, Sacramento initially um, had actually sold out 
their their games in the very beginning. Uh, they were in that uh, huge stadium, I think, that sat twenty thousand, and they sold that game out. And then, of course, as they dropped, you know, to eventually when they got to Papa Murphy's, it was like, you know, they were still maintaining that crowd capacity, but they they were able to pack. 20,000, 17,000, like they were doing that in the very beginning. Um, so, I mean, it, it also has a little bit of that, you know, b- build it and they will come atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So perhaps they could from the get-go pack it out and just kind of keep it. It's just going to mm-hmm. like really, really depend on, you know, how well it uh, takes off. Yeah, one thing I definitely stressed on Twitter the other day is like this is like we need help building it and everybody's involved in building the community and the mm-hmm. family around the team. And, mm-hmm. you know, if it's, if you're disappointed or underwhelmed by some of the turnout, like what are we, what is everyone doing to help build that culture? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's not just what is the team going to do? Like at this point, it's, we're part of that, you know, we're part of that mm-hmm. family, you know, what are we doing in the community to help get the word out, invite some friends, talk about it, put some stuff out, be vocal on Twitter, mm-hmm let people know that this is happening. And I think once people come to a game, uh, I think they're, they're going to get hooked. It's a, if they're into sports, it's fun. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, Oh, soccer's boring, but like the community and the culture around it, um, mm-hmm. make nil nil games, like super fun to be involved with. Um, and the, just the community of people involved, um, are just mm-hmm. some of the best people I've met, um, you know, are in the soccer community, uh, especially here in yeah, San Diego. I, I bet you, you're, you're one of the best guys. That's not a good uh, selling point. Not a good selling point. We're going to edit yeah. that out of the podcast. Edit I know that out of the you podcast. guys met me through soccer, so yeah. Um, That's true. Yeah, and there's a lot of good, and 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 not ju- and after we're not just this one, like there's so many people out there hustling and, and, trying to, and trying to bring attention to San Diego soccer, whether it's, you know, the big podcast of Unnamed Soccer or the Two Balls, One Mike, or the locals just put out one. Uh, there's people out there, um, hustling and, and trying to do stuff and somewhere behind the scenes that you might not see right away, but you know, show up, get involved. Don't be afraid to ask questions. If you don't know, um, if the person you ask doesn't know, I'm sure there's someone around there that will. Um, that's how I fell in love with the sport. And that's how I fell in love with USL. It's a super great community. I can't wait to share USL with San Diego and I can't wait to share San Diego with USL. Like I am absolutely uh, ecstatic um, some things to keep uh, in mind. I'm going to remind you again. Uh, BGN has some good work uh, previewing a lot of the teams that we're going to be up against. Uh, the USL show itself is um, doing some, are going to do like a live uh, Friday uh, wind up into the first game where they're going to have a bunch of guests. Uh, Ryan Madden, I believe, from USL. Uh, Mike Watts, who's going to be calling the Orange County game and the San Diego game, will be calling in. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of great content coming out. So like, if you don't have enough podcasts to listen to, check out BGN Network. There's a lot of really great stuff highlighting a lot of the teams we're going to play. It's not every team, uh, but there's a lot of it out there. So I encourage you guys to read and listen um, and then ask questions. Reach out to them on Twitter. Like The people from, uh, uh, people from Reno were great. Uh, reach out to them. Ask them what we should be looking for. They'll be happy to talk about the team. Uh, so there's a lot of good stuff out there, and I can't wait for it to start. Um, I know Marissa and I are going to be Marissa. You're going to be at the game on Saturday. Yes, I'll be there. So we'll be there. Chris is unfortunately stuck in uh, New Mexico. Um, <laughs> L- looking at uh, 
at the calendar so that I can uh, plan my trip out to uh, beautiful California. Yeah. Oh, I miss home. Oh, I miss home. So, um, yeah, so we can't wait to see you guys out there on Saturday. Say hi, ask questions, say what's up. Um, if you've subscribed and you need a sticker, um, hit up Marissa. Uh, she'll probably have some of the game. Uh, they look great. I have one on my computer right now. I'd show you, but then you it would be impossible. Um, so, uh, yeah. So where can we, Marissa, where can we find you on uh, the social medias? The Twitters. You can find me at hashtag Marissa on, on Instagram and Twitter. Nice. Same and Chris? Yo, you can find me at by Chris Walker on Instagram and Twitter. Nice. And you can find me at a Underwood 48 on the Twitter machine. Uh, keep an eye out for that prediction slash preview. Talk a little bit about the players. Uh, that'll be dropping on BGN probably tomorrow. Uh, so keep an eye out. Uh, the the, tw- uh, the fair weather account will tweet it out when it drops. Uh, Two Balls, One Mike just dropped their video not that long ago. So please check that out. There's a lot of good, great content. Got to support each other. Also, yeah, Marissa? Also, I'd say that uh, give us a review on iTunes. Where yeah. You can, uh, you know, it'll help us spread the word about San Diego Loyal. Um, make sure you mention that in your review because that'll help with uh, searchability and all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Share with your friends. Share the podcast with your friends. Um, we're always available for questions, and we want to help uh, spread the love that is USL. Uh, so uh, we will catch you next time uh, after our very first actual real-life game. Woo! All right, guys. Yes. We'll see you guys next time. We'll see you Saturday. Have a good night. Good night. Bye. Peace. This and every episode is brought to you by The Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club? Sunday League Squad, Adult, or even Pro Team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.